Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City who just loves to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. Be warned, you should be 18 and over and probably be listening with your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. Kelly is a sexual health educator with Pure Romance, and she's been in the business for the last decade. She helps women explore the most intimate relationships in their lives, which is those with their partners and those with themselves. That's a really fancy way of saying that she likes to help people have way better sex. Of course, as a sex coach, I wanted to talk to her as soon as I found her on the internet. We talked about all sorts of things like sex education, the orgasm gap, hookup culture, why men often fear sex toys in their relationships, LGBTQ representation with sex toys too. That was a fun part of the combo. And of course, we talked about lots and lots of different pleasure products. I think you'll really enjoy this episode. She's got great energy and it was a really fun conversation. She's awesome. I hope you enjoy this episode. Joining me today is a new friend of mine. Her name is Kelly Jackson and she's a pure romance consultant. Yes. So when I found her on Instagram, I knew that she was someone that I wanted to connect with because I mean, hey, as a sex coach, I'm definitely going to have a lot in common with someone that sells pleasure products. For sure. <laughs> so thanks for coming on my show. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> so we went and met for coffee recently and mm-hmm. talked a little bit about our goals and our careers and our businesses. So I want to give you the chance to tell people a little bit more about what you do. I mean, because it's not just pure romance. You know, it's not the only part of, of your life and your career. So just tell my audience a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So um, I started as a consultant with a company called Passion Parties about 10 years ago. Um, And three and a half years ago, Passion Parties was bought out by Pure Romance. Um, When I started my business, I had, I simply attended a party. I had never been to a party before, but I was working myself to death. um, And I was in school full time for a master's degree. And um, a friend of mine booked a party. And so I cleared my schedule because I needed some girl time. It was like a shit show of a life working like crazy in school full time. And I was doing all that in Kansas City while I lived in Lawrence. Um, so I was, I was super unhappy. I was super unhealthy mm. and I needed to hang out with some friends. <laughs> so even though I wasn't what entirely. better way to do that than go look at vibrators. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't entirely sure what this was going to consist of, but I was like, yeah, great. Sex toys. My friends got it. I'm good. So, um, I went to this party and it was a lot of fun. Um, but what I noticed was that at that time, the entire catalog was geared toward heterosexual women. Mm-hmm. And um, I did not see myself in that catalog because I'm gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was what I said to the consultant in the shopping room because all of the shopping is done confidentially. There's like mm-hmm. a public presentation and then confidential shopping. Um, go off to another room and, and yeah. go through your order, right? Yeah. Right. That way everybody's comfortable asking questions that they don't necessarily want to ask in front of all of their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though you do sit around and pass vibrators around sure. and turn them on and <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah. The ordering process. Yeah. Your friends don't really need to know what you're taking home. Right. Yeah. And if you want to tell them, great. But if not, then you have that confidentiality available. <laughs> um, but what I said to the consultant in the shopping room was, um, you know, I don't see myself or my relationship in this catalog. So if I were to become a consultant, how would I change that? Mm-hmm. 
and she was a little bit taken aback, like, the fuck? No one's ever asked me that before. What is this? Um, and so I became a consultant that night just with the intention of some part-time income. And um, a year later, I was laid off from my full-time job. I worked in nonprofit. And uh, so I started taking my business a little bit more seriously. And I thought back to that conversation. And I was like, I could really do something mm-hmm. by opening up this company. Um, and it took about, from that point, it took about five years for me to develop what I wanted to develop. But in the last three of that, I was working with the company president, the CEO, the vice president of um, research and development and stuff. And we put together an entire catalog and product line specifically for the LGBTQ community and launched it that June. Um, That's to, fantastic. Yeah, it was so fun. It was so fun. Um, but we launched it that June to coordinate with pride festivals happening around the U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was that following January that Pure Romance bought Passion Parties, which was a little bit of a kick to the gut because mm. everything I worked for You've was just been all gone. that work and then what would happen <laughs> of it. Right. Yeah. Um, so when our company got bought out, there was, again, not really a directive toward me, mm-hmm. you know, and my people. <laughs> um, but the CEO did a nationwide tour coming and talking to those of us who had come from passion parties. Mm-hmm. And he and I spoke about... Um, the direction of the company and where they were going and they were broadening to be more open and accepting, um, of the LGBTQ community with their product line. And the whole purpose of doing that, um, was less dollars related and like money related for them than it was personal because the CEO has a child who they had just discovered was trans. And so that totally changed their perspective Mm -hmm. of, gender and sexuality and life and everything as they were doing their research and therapy and stuff for that. Uh So, um, they're really, really supportive of the community. And we just had a product line launch in January. That's all for the LGBTQ community after they did tons of research. And so it's really, it's a pretty exciting time. That's awesome. I had no idea. Yeah. I love hearing that. Yep. So there's a, there's an entire nonprofit organization that the CEO and his wife, founded that is dedicated to um, the LGBTQ youth community and they've donated I think like two million dollars to the Cincinnati Children's Hospital which Cincinnati is where Mm -hmm. our headquarters is um, to have a wing for LGBTQ youth so very cool yeah yeah it's so good to hear that companies are doing more than just you know pad their bottom line because they're that's one thing that comes up a lot you know we're just out of Pride Month by a couple of months, and there was a lot of talk this year, especially about corporations just kind of hopping on the bandwagon for yeah. Pride and you know having products just to to rake in money. But that that mission right there is coming from a personal place. Yeah. So that that's something I can get behind. Yeah, it's super exciting and still like gives me chills to think about like where um, the company is coming from in terms of targeting the LGBTQ community with products to provide for them yeah so us I guess I see that that. in your face yeah you're you're, you're all teary-eyed like yay because representation matters seeing yourself reflected back in whatever company it is that you're giving your time your money your effort to like being seen matters yeah 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 especially when it comes to something that's so um personal as sexuality like Mm -hmm. if I 
walk into a store or open a catalog or go to a website and everything I see is directed toward heterosexual couples, I know that I have to change something about that product in order to make it accommodate my life. Mm-hmm. And that's that just makes me go, oh, okay, well, that's not for me. That's for straight people. Cool. I'm going to go somewhere else that's, you know, for me. <laughs> right? Find your people. So, find your things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I don't even know if I answered your question. No. <laughs> hey, sometimes it's just about letting the conversation flow. It's fine. You never know where it's going to go. So how many years have you been doing this? Um, it'll be 10 in November. And your website is grownupsexed.com. Yes. Which I love. Yes. And that's my, I mean, it's my replicating pure romance site. So it's, right. you know, the same as every other consultant site. But I use grownupsexed for all of my social media handles. Um, I have a YouTube channel that I don't use a whole lot. Um, but, you know, Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook and all of that. Grown up sex ed is... You can find you across all the social channels on Yeah. There. So, that's catchy. Yeah. It's memorable. I like yeah, it. Thanks. <laughs> because, you know, we, we do talk a lot about kids are not getting the sex education that they need or deserve. Correct. In the public school system. So, now it's up to people like you and I to educate grown-ups. Right. Yeah, I actually lobby with Planned Parenthood in Jeff City during the legislative session. Very and that's good. one of the things that we lobby on every single month is you know, comprehensive sex education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I look back now. So I went to a suburban high school here in, in Kansas City, but in middle school, we had a teacher who was fired for putting a condom on a banana. <laughs> right? Whereas in other states, that's exactly what they were doing at that same point in time yeah. to show kids how to properly use protection. Right. But she was fired for it. She had kids in the school district. And those kids got a lot of flack for the next few years because what th- their mom did. Right. And because I look back at it now and go like, holy shit. I mean, that was the mid-90s. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. She was shamed for providing an educational outlet for students who would not otherwise have received that. <laughs> and probably then were taught abstinence-only sex education, which always leads to all kinds of things that people think that they're trying to prevent by abstinence only. And that's exactly the opposite of what happens. Right. And the way that my education ended up going, so I got like in fourth and fifth grade, I got the whole reproductive system talk about having ovaries and a uterus and a period and boys have testicles and penises and all this. Um, And what a wet dream was, but nothing beyond conception and body parts. Mm -hmm. Okay. I somehow slipped through not having to take a health class through middle school. I think because I was taking so many music and art classes. I don't know. But I didn't actually get real sex education until I was a senior. And I took an elective called parenthood. Mm. I chose to take a class where I knew I was going to have to carry around one of those little mechanical babies for 24 hours. I had a little key that you could lock into. That I was going to learn about all the forms of birth control and the cycles of life. But I had to choose to take that class. And despite the fact that you did choose to take it, the only thing you learned was about reproduction. That class, I actually had a teacher who taught us about every form of birth control. I actually had to do a report and a poster presentation on Depo-Provera. It made me not ever want to get Depo because of all the like side effects. Sure. But after that class, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to get on the birth control pill one day. 
But that's still only teaching you about reproduction or preventing reproduction. It, yes, you're, you're, you're correct in that because it wasn't teaching me anything about desire or intimacy or relationships. Right. Which is so backwards. Mm-hmm. Like, sex is not only reproductive in nature. We actually, as creatures, experience orgasms and intimate connections and, you know, trust and all kinds of other things that are associated with sex. That have nothing to do with whether or not one becomes pregnant. Right. You're right. So yes, in that sense, yes, it was only teaching me about <laughs> reproduction. Yes. Or how to prevent, re- how to prevent reproduction. Right. Yes. Right. And then the consequences if you don't prevent mm-hmm. was having the baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and okay, obviously it was the late 90s and, and maybe some things have changed now. But I think that there was always that mindset, kind of like why they wouldn't give away condoms in public schools. Well, if you're giving it away, you're encouraging kids to have it. If you talk about sex, then you're encouraging kids to have it. However, they don't mind tell, you know having dare classes where they tell us all about drugs. And then right. it actually shows that it does increase your likelihood of trying drugs because when you figure out the truth about them, you're like, hmm, that doesn't sound so bad. Let me try that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they have the things completely backwards. <laughs> right? Because we do want kids to be eventually trying sex yeah you know we want them to eventually explore yeah and see things yes yeah uh you know it's no wonder kids these days go a little bit crazy when they go to college yeah of course of course because the reins are off mm-hmm. and they can do whatever they want but if they're not properly educated about how to do things safely and effectively and enjoy them then it's just, oh, penis, vagina, the end. What that means and what that does for your body, for your mental health, for anything is mm-hmm. irrelevant. Yeah. The just hook don't up, get the hookup culture. I feel like you and I are going to be doing a lot of work in like 15 years for people that are like currently in their 20s mm-hmm. and helping them go like, hey, you don't have to go all your whole life being single and just hooking up with random people. Right. Like I worry that that's the culture that we're going to have to break up. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think that that... I think that some people are happy in that. And that's totally fine. Um, But if that's not what somebody is after and it makes them, I don't know, feel less valuable or less Mm -hmm. worthy to not have a long-term relationship or, you know, whatever, then, yeah, if it's... uh, I don't know. Hookup culture is really interesting. I'm fascinated by it. I am too. Because I... I, That's exactly what I'm kind of going now is like, I worry what it's going to do to people's self-worth. Sure the long run it can't be it can't be healthy to not have connections yeah I think I don't know for some people it's probably perfectly acceptable to have short-term connections and I don't I don't know what that does long term to you know not have an intimate relationship that's long term if you are receiving that kind of connection elsewhere and like friendships or, or whatever um and your sexual outlet is more hookup than long-term relationship. I don't see that as problematic as long as the person is happy with it. Agreed. Agreed. There's going to be some longitudinal studies on that, though, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Ah, I think the uh, millennial generation is just, like, throwing everything on its head. I mean, of course, the millennials killed, like, Applebee's and shit, right? So now what are they going to kill, like, marriage? Long-term relationships? (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) 
a lot of people have been blaming that on LGBT folks for mm. a while. So mm-hmm. let's let's take it off that and just put it on to like a generation of people. Sure. <laughs> you know, and that that actually is a topic that some people bring up is that yes, there's monogamy in the LGBT community, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of people who do just participate in either open relationships or. Um, kind of just like allowing for hookups and things like that and I've had a friend one I had a friend one time who was like I think that the straight community or the heterosexual community would could learn a lot from especially the gay community about having open relationships and I don't know the way that he talked it seemed like it's just so prevalent but then the more I'm in it I'm like I don't think it's as prevalent as maybe he thinks maybe it's just like the group that he's in but then I started seeing an article that said like the exact same thing and I'm like maybe he just regurgitated that but you as a lesbian woman mm-hmm. have a different perspective amongst women than he does amongst gay men. Sure. So, of course, I think that the joke that I keep running into is the like, oh, lesbians move in after two weeks. Right. It's so cliche that even as a, a bisexual woman, I'm like, okay, that's what people bring up. But I don't see that in practice. So, like, what? where do you think things kind of fall? So, I think that now this... I, I have not done a ton of research on this. This is just personal right, right. Uh, anecdotal. Yeah. anecdotal. Um, I think that because it, women are socialized to have more emotional intimacy and men are socialized to have more physical intimacy. Like that's what relationships sort of mean in our culture to a, to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, Two women who are together tend to gravitate toward that emotional intimacy with one another, and that makes the emotional level of the relationship move a little bit faster. So that's where the, like, quick... Bonding. Yeah, bonding Mm -hmm. happens, and that's why women, two women together, may move in together a little bit more quickly. (laughs) Um, Whereas intimacy on a physical level with men is more acceptable then if you've got two men together, then that's where things like what Dan Savage calls monogamish mm-hmm. comes yes. in. Um, and, you know, that doesn't necessarily have to correlate to the emotional intimacy of the relationship. Um, so uh, I, think that, I think that there is some little grain of truth to the uh, stereotype, I guess. Um, but I think it, it really just has to do with how men and women are socialized differently to connect. So, yeah. Well, and so that monogamish mm-hmm. is starting to spill over into a lot of heterosexual couples. Yeah. I see more and more couples opening, you know, their relationships up. Um, although one of the things that I try to talk to couples about is, you know, if you're worried about doing that, there's ways to kind of fantasize about opening it up. Yeah. And one of those things that I often tell people to is like turn to new toys. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you find that a lot of your customers are completely new to having toys? Or are they people who have maybe, are pretty experienced? Like, where, where do people kind of come to you in their journey? Are they like... I would say about 30 to 40% are brand new to toys. Mm-hmm. Um, which is still shocking to me that the numbers are so high. Um but yeah, about 30 to 40% have never used a toy before in their lives. And those statistics are pretty similar to the numbers of women I encounter who've never had an orgasm. Mm, mm-hmm. Interesting correlation yeah, right? there. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and a lot of times there's a fear that, you know, my partner's going to feel emasculated or my partner's uh-huh. going to feel replaced or whatever. And okay, great. But if your sexual encounters are all about your partner now, maybe a toy could help to change that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, self-exploration is really important. And yes, and we'll talk more about that. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think there's probably about a 30 to 40% that like already has several toys they know what their body will respond to maybe maybe not quite that high maybe about 20 percent who already know what their body will respond to so mm-hmm. when they're seeing the products at the party they're feeling them and stuff they're like oh this is exactly the one that i need to complete my collection or whatever uh-huh. gotcha. <laughs> um, and then the rest are sort of somewhere in in between they have maybe had a toy in the past or they have one that they keep in their drawer and they don't even know where the batteries are or where the charger is so you know it's like eh, uh-huh. every once in a while a couple times a year maybe um and then they learn a thing or two and see some toys that maybe are better quality than what they've experienced in the past and they go oh well that might be a good idea mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's that's probably roughly the breakdown 30 to 40% have never had a toy before. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, I guess everyone's got to start somewhere. Yeah. Right? Some people are afraid to go into the stores or order things online. For sure. So, glad you're out there providing that service. Breaking hey, people thanks. in. <laughs> Do you find that those people come back to you, like, and, yeah. and get more? Like, mm-hmm. like, like, is it that those people that once you've opened Pandora's box for, they're like, oh, hey, hey, yeah. Uh, I want to, you know, keep, keep exploring. Oh, yeah. They're... I can't even tell you how many times there has been a woman who comes to me. I've never had a toy before. She's maybe scared, oftentimes scared, um, doesn't understand her own sexuality, doesn't understand her own body. She learns some things during my party presentation, and then that gets her to thinking, well, maybe this could be something that I could do. Um, She purchases one or two items and then a few weeks later says, oh my gosh, I had my first orgasm. What else can I buy? Yay. And then ends up spending yes. several thousand dollars over the course of <laughs> our lifetime together, you know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Whatever it takes to get her to discover her body and awaken her sexuality. Mm-hmm. Hell yes. I'm so happy for that kind of person. Yes. Then that's exactly like my kind of you know target client is that woman who... Either her sexuality has gone dormant or it's never even been awakened. Mm-hmm. God, those are the most fulfilling clients to work with. Okay? Uh, 100%. 100%. <sighs> it's just like a whole new world. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, for, for, for you and I, so your background is massage therapy, mm-hmm. right? So you, you are used to being in an environment where you can somatically interpret how people carry stress or emotions and, and trauma and right. things like that. So, and, and while you and I aren't exactly out there helping people process emotional or sexual trauma, some of the things we do can help people work past some of that stuff. Absolutely. Um, you do even sell dilator sets, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, for, for those of you out there who aren't familiar with dilator set that's used for conditions like vaginismus, um, where they're having painful intercourse, um, it's, recommended by pelvic floor therapists or gynecologists, um, although there's a whole program. If you're going to get a dilator set, you should probably be seeing a, a pelvic floor therapist to help you through some of that. For sure. <laughs> but you can get your products through through Kelly with Pure Romance. Yes. So that was in your insurance company. But um, So, again, that kind of goes back to your company is more about sexual health and well-being. 
than it is just about sexual exploration and having orgasms and, and being kinky. Things like right. that. Although that stuff's all great and you can do that stuff too. For sure. So, you know, what what is it that you kind of do during your presentation to really show people that like, like you said, how that woman, like, her eyes were just opened. And she kind of figured out, like, oh, maybe there is something different. Like, what, what is it you talk about in these presentations that really help drive that point home about sexual health and well-being? Is Cordy is a human and you deserve it? Yeah, so um, the corporate trainings that I attend are always sexual health related. Mm-hmm. We have, obviously, we have trainings on what the new products are that are coming out. And we always have some personal development stuff that we do because you are your business. And if you feel like shit, your business not, is not going to go anywhere. Right. Keep but, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, i got to keep you on track that exactly, way. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, but we do a lot, a lot, a lot of sexual health education. And I've attended trainings... Dan Savage has has done some trainings that I've attended. Cool. Um, Dr. Drew. Yeah. Oh, he's lovely. Um, Dr. Drew Pinsky. I've attended, I think, two trainings by him. And then even people like, um, I forget his name, but the guy who wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Um, Uh, I'm never good at quoting, like, authors' names. Yeah. John something. Whatever. Yeah. I'm sure you can find it and put it in the show notes. <laughs> Everyone knows the book. Everyone yeah, knows exactly, the book. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I think there's even a game based on the book. Anyway. I think so too. Um, and so all kinds of different trainings. And Pure Romance actually partners with several sexologists. Um, and a lot of the stuff that we get comes from the Kinsey Institute. Oh, at, lovely. I love yeah. them. Me too. Um, That's where I hope to go get my PhD one day. Oh, yes. Do it. Oh, I support yeah. this. <laughs> Um, so I come to a party armed with a lot of information, a lot of legitimate information that I didn't just find on the internet, but that actually came from gynecologists mm-hmm. about vaginal health or came from um, sexologists about the statistics of what people are doing in the United States, you know, and mm-hmm. um, menopause and like all kinds of different things, how they change a body as it relates to sex and sexual mm-hmm. response and all mm-hmm. of that. So during my presentation, we talk about foreplay, we talk about the importance, the vast importance, the underrated importance of lubrication. Yes! (laughs) My girl, talking all about lube. Yes, 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 yes. Um, (laughs) What kinds of lubes should be used for what? And Mm -hmm. what is going to work better for you? And why you should have more than one option. Sometimes partners are shocked when I open up the bag and they see the different lubes. I'm like, different lubes are for different things. Yeah, this, for sure. And sometimes you buy one that you just don't really like and you just don't get rid of it because if you're in a pinch, yeah, yeah, your favorite is running low, so you're like, ah, fine, I'll get yeah. this one. It's like, well, it's still silicone, so yeah, okay, it's fine. Yeah. Ah, um. Yeah, I mean, we just talk about different changes in the body that happen throughout the month and throughout your life and all of this. And that helps women to understand, oh, maybe I'm not broken. Oh, yes. Normalizing. Yeah. Yes. And because we aren't educated in school and because sex is still, oddly enough, such a taboo topic, women often feel like they're abnormal, Mm -hmm. especially when their partners have penises and Mm -hmm. have completely different responses to everything. And also, those people are not educated on what happens to 
bodies with vaginas, you know? So it's just like, it's a, it's a disaster. <laughs> no. So, so really what you are is a, a disaster relief effort. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes that's what I feel like. I'm just helping people like clean up that mess. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sex is so shameful in our culture and so yeah. taboo. And that just makes finding information all that more difficult. Yeah. Agreed. Even my own mom said when I asked her if she's going to tell people I was becoming a sex coach, she's like, I think I'll tell people you're a life coach. I was like, <laughs> okay. Well, sex is part of life, so I suppose yeah. that's acceptable. Oh, I'm going to break her. I'm going to break her in. I am. My, see, the thing is, my mom's, she's so sweet. She's, she's just like the best vanilla ice cream you've ever had in your life. It's still vanilla ice cream. Everyone loves vanilla ice cream, but she's just a good, wholesome... American woman, you know. I love it. <laughs> She's got her master's in social work, but still the whole sexuality thing is still a little like, mm, we gotta talk about those things. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. How are your parents about sexuality? Um, so my father's not been part of my life since 2001, mm-hmm. um, but, and he actually, um, I wrote him a letter coming out to him and I haven't heard from him since. So that's how that went. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is fine. I mean, when I was growing up, she didn't really say a whole lot. Um, when I came out, I think she was a little shocked. But my whole life, she had always said, you know, I will accept my children no matter what. And like, so I knew that she would eventually come around. And she did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she loves my business now. She's She's never bought a toy from me, mm-hmm. but she's a big fan of a lot of the other products. Yeah. So, I have debated about getting my mom a gift. Yeah. Sometimes I see like the magic wand is on sale. I'm like, man, my mom would love the magic wand. Right. Who doesn't? Right? <laughs> I stood on stage and told a story about my magic wand. Really? Actually, that was my mini cast for this last Friday. Was, okay. Uh, was yummy. I aired the story that I did on stage uh, at... Um, a little storytelling hour. It was, the story was about guilty pleasures. So, yeah, my guilty pleasure, pleasure is orgasms, but it was more about my journey to becoming a sex coach. Sure. So, but I got to buy the magic wand for school because we had a thing where we had to buy, try, and rate a toy. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, if I can buy it for school, that means I can write it off my taxes, so why not buy exactly. like, one of the most expensive ones out there? Right. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's definitely been... I call them Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> He takes me to infinity and beyond. <laughs> Perfect. <Right? laughs> but I'm ready for some new ones. So, um, so are all of the products that you have, are they made by Pure Romance or are they outside brands too that you're, you're bringing in? I forget. Um, about 95% of our products are exclusive to us. I think that statistic is accurate. 95. Um, we design our own toys and mm-hmm. have them manufactured. So... There are, there's a motor that we have that's patented for one of our lines. We have a line that has a heating element inside of it. Mm. Um, yeah. So there are, there's some really interesting things that Pure Romance has done. Um, and it all has to do with our own research and our own development. So, yeah. Very yeah. cool. There, there are some lines that I used to sell with passion parties that were outside, but what Pure Romance has is far beyond any of that at a lower price point, which is amazing <laughs> there, you go. there you go I mean I've, I've definitely taken clients to Cirillo's to go shopping because it's kind of the only thing that you can 
do to like right. be there with the clients. Looking things on the internet is very different than seeing it, holding it, feeling it, and experiencing yeah. it. Um, so now that we've met, <laughs> I'm really going to stop taking people to Cirillo's just to be, call you up and be like, hey, when can we come over? Yeah, that's what I was I live around the corner. <laughs> yeah, she's literally my neighbor. So this is her, This is going to be dangerous, <laughs> me having her around the corner, because part of me is like, well, you know, I need to like try things out and then recommend them to clients. So mm, I'm going to have to start buying some... Uh, I mean, I've got this whole drawer underneath my my bed. It's you know got the the toilet system, and I'm like mm-hmm. ready to fill that fucker up. Perfect, like the Fifty Shades movie where he opens the drawer mm-hmm. and she's mm-hmm. just shocked at what's inside. I love it. <laughs> I got introduced to somebody earlier this year, and I do want to have him on my show, but I've got to reconnect with him. But my business mentor introduced me to him, and. Uh, when he introduced me, he was like, you know, this is so-and-so, you know, this is Kristen, Kristen, so-and-so. So he has the largest sex toy collection I have ever seen in my life. Oh, hey. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> well, he just looked at my mentor and went like, oh, Joel, you just don't know enough people. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm envisioning, like, drawers and cabinets. Like, you've got custom-built, you know, shelves that... I like, hope like so. Like fucking California closets came in. And right, with like custom lighting and everything. Right? <laughs> Sensor lighting. You open that drawer up so you can Hashtag actually goals. see. Right? <laughs> it's got the built-in UV cleaner. Yes. God, I want one of those. Have you uh, seen those? Yes. Do you guys sell those? No. Damn. I yeah, know. That, I mean, UV, I think, is patented, but mm-hmm. I've heard about it on other um, sex podcasts. So, listeners, there is a product. It's a box called a UV you can put toys, vibrators, but you can put your phone and your remote control in there. You turn the switch on, and with a UV light, it disinfects your toys. And let me tell you, sometimes it's just the last thing you want to do is, like, clean it off, get the thing, get the foam out, get the thing, do the duh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would rather just, like, give it a quick wipe off and then throw it in a box. Right. And, like, it cleaned off. And that's so not good little, for your vagina. I'm a, I'm a little OCD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, there are some times that in my mind, I'm like, it's still, it's, like, forever unclean. It's still unclean. I can't get it clean enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's still um, so not good for your vagina to, like, not clean them. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. I would rather just not use the toy for weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. I won't use a dirty toy. I would rather just not mm-hmm. use it and be lazy. Mm-hmm. But then every time I clean it, I'm like, yay, it's a bright new sunny day. Right. That's why I was like... Right. <laughs> that's why the magic wand is great because that's just, you know, there's not cleanup for that. Because I, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't using it for a long time and then I heard on a podcast like, oh, you should do a barrier. Like wear your underwear. Do it over mm. over the sheet. And I was like, hallelujah. That's what I needed because it was too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty common Um, that, you know, I'll pass a toy around and somebody will be like, oh my gosh, that's way too intense, which... There are 10 different speeds, so stop mm-hmm. it, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 10 is often too intense. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Or you've exactly. got to build up to it. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> but yeah, having a barrier can absolutely be beneficial mm-hmm. because you'll diminish the direct contact, obviously, mm-hmm. and so that'll diminish the sensation a bit instead of it being just, wow. Yeah. And a lot of women forget that toys don't have to be about penetration. Right. There's either toys that are designed for penetration can be used for external stimulation, but then there's also a ton of toys that are just for external stimulation. Mm-hmm. 
There's a lot of really cool things out there these days. Absolutely. These are not your mother's vibrators. <laughs> true story. True story. True story. I often, I, if I'm showing a bullet vibrator, which, I mean, I always show at least one, one kind of a bullet vibrator, but I'll pull it out and say, okay, now 1984 called and they want that other thing you have back. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> So one of the things that I was curious about, Mm -hmm. and maybe you guys have talked about this with your trainings and stuff, is the orgasm gap. Mm -hmm. Men, especially heterosexual men, pretty much always have an orgasm with um, partnered sex. It's like 85% of men. And then 61% of hetero women will have an orgasm, whether it's partnered or or through um, solo stimulation. But it's higher... For lesbian women, it's like 75%, mm-hmm. and then it's like 58% for bisexual women. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, <clears throat> my thinking is, and, and I mean, the studies don't really go into like the reasoning behind it, but my thinking is like something that you touched based on earlier is that when you are with a partner who doesn't understand your body and you're not taking control and learning about your own body, it's just, it prolongs that journey. Whereas when you're with a partner who's the same gender, you are more likely to do some of that exploration or more likely to have that partner show you things that you might enjoy. Absolutely. Um, One of the trainings that I attended with Dr. Drew, he correlated male and female anatomy with a hamster's wheel versus the pilot deck of a 747 (laughs) um, in terms of complication factor. Uh So, like, a penis is pretty much always going to respond to the same kind of stimulation. That's why when you go into a store or when you look at a catalog or when you look online at a website, there are so few types of toys for penises mm-hmm. in comparison to those that are for vaginas mm-hmm. because vaginas are complicated. And women tend to be more mental than physical when it comes to the sexual response cycle, mm-hmm. whereas men are the opposite. And that does not um, have anything to do with whether you are cisgender or uh, transgender. A woman's brain is a woman's brain. Mm-hmm. So a trans woman responds to sexual stimulation mm-hmm. similar to how a cis woman responds to yep. sexual stimulation. So that does change a little bit with the penis versus vagina talk in terms of stimulation. But um, you know, for a cisgender man you know, has a penis, that's going to be a lot more simple in terms of stimulation and what's going to happen, what you expect to happen. Mm -hmm. Whereas a vagina (laughs) is different and because it's internal, you can't really see what's happening. Right. Um, And if you are a person with a vagina and you have a partner who has a vagina, you're going to be different from one another, but you're going to have similar anatomy. Mm -hmm. So you can explore in similar ways and that changes the communication structure. Whereas if you have a vagina and your partner has a penis, the person with the penis has no idea what a vagina even is. (laughs) Right. So if you have been conditioned to believe that sex is scary and shameful and your genitals are scary and shameful, then you're not going to explore yourself. And if your partner has been conditioned to believe that they are the norm, Mm -hmm. then they're not going to understand your body. You're not going to be able to communicate anything about your body. And 
So those statistics are going to suck for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. So then it's about how do we, how do we as sexual educators mm-hmm. get out there and find those people who fall into those categories? How do we really reach them and educate them? Well, I definitely think that the internet is amazing for that. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to really get my YouTube channel going. Now that I feel comfortable doing the podcast and stuff, like I'm ready to put some like educational videos out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. YouTube is so easy. You can totally do that. You can record these, post them up on YouTube. I know. Everyone keeps telling me I should. And so like one, <laughs> one day maybe I'll get this spare room fixed up as a recording studio and do all that. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, people finding information online... Um, you know, sometimes can be shit information, but as long as there is enough good information to combat that, you know, hopefully we can level out those statistics a little bit. Yes. And, you know, that's actually why they say that teenagers are having, and young people are having less sex, is mm-hmm. because they can go to the internet and they can find factual information. Because they're not getting it in school, they're willing to go to resources like Planned Parenthood or Scarletine.com mm-hmm. or sex educators that are on YouTube. They're going to like Dr. Emily, Dr. Drew, Dan Savage. Um, you know, thank God for people like Dr. Ruth still existing. Like yeah. her, was it on Amazon Prime? That was her special or Hulu? I can't remember. It was one of the two, but she's there's a special up like Dear Dr. Ruth or something. You gotta watch it. Yeah. Her, her story is incredible. But man, thank goodness for people like her. Yes. And and you know, paving the way for people like us that can get out there and, and do this stuff and do this education. Right. So how do people find you? Um, about eighty five percent of parties are booked at parties. Mm-hmm. So someone will either know what they're getting into and come to the party because obviously, or they'll be a little bit curious, maybe a little bit scared, but they'll go anyway. Um and so, you know, then they'll book a party of their own because they want free stuff. I mean, it's a direct yeah. sales company, so Mary Kay, Pampered Chef, you know, you host your party, you get free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, sometimes, too, people will book a party because they think, oh, this particular friend of mine could really use this information. And so in that case, you know, it'll be a little bit of a different motivation, but they're still booking a party. Yeah. So about 85% of people are book parties, at parties, but I also have a private Facebook group where um, it was just my clients and now it's kind of exploded here recently and people have been adding their friends and stuff and there's a lot of really good information that's coming through there. I post articles that I find that, you know, are relatable Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a place where they can post the things on Facebook that they wouldn't necessarily post publicly. But they also are asking questions like, hey, I just had an IUD inserted and this is my experience. I don't know if this is normal or not. Or, hey, my insurance company stopped carrying or stopped covering my birth control. Where can I get birth control at a reasonable price? Because I don't want to change brands because I know what this does to my body. Mm-hmm. Um, or how do I talk to my kids about this particular circumstance or whatever? Um, so my clients now are sort of introducing their friends to me in a way that I would not have reached before because if I'm not in your home then you know I don't meet you or you know your friends um but now I've got clients who are all over the country because of that so that's um, awesome yeah and the well what that allows you to do is build up that know like and trust because mm-hmm. people want to buy from folks they know, like, and trust. Exactly. They're getting to know you and trust you because of the educational resources and the fun stuff that you put out there. They get right. people, you know, thinking or get them outside their comfort zone. 
Um, so then, yeah, then they want to do business with you. Yeah. So, and what a service. What a service. I don't, to me, like, God, we just, we need like a million of us out there oh, trying sure. to educate people and get them out of these, these taboo mindsets, get them out of their shame cycles. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. People have a yeah. lot of thoughts about the direct sales industry in general. And so when they think of the industry, they think of the companies that are selling like weight loss supplements and the people who are selling them don't really know anything about nutrition mm-hmm. and, you know, all of these crazy things. But I think, and I, I mean, I have a completely different perspective of the industry, obviously, because I'm part of it, have been for a decade. But I think that what we provide as pure romance consultants is such a valuable service that it goes so far beyond what just any direct sales company could do mm-hmm. um, because it's not just about selling a product. It's providing legitimate information that people are not getting otherwise. Right. If you are 35 and your educational experience was what you described, which is what most 35-year-old women have experienced, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's not super helpful. No, it's not. So it's... So important, so vital, and I think that you know every woman should be a pure romance consultant so that we can teach ourselves and each other. <laughs> I really did think about doing it. I really did, and someone even suggested, that. "Well, why don't you just sell those?" I'm like, "Well, I don't want clients to feel like I'm now like, oh, you should be buying this vibrator from me too. I would rather sure. refer them to you, but like, I wanna, I wanna have a party. That's for sure. Yes, that's for sure. It'd be so fun. It'd be fun to have like a quarterly party for you know clients or people that I meet and things like that just give them that like this is a regular group you can come at your leisure I think we can figure something like that out yeah for sure we can even do just like an open house a couple times a year or whatever and have people come and check things out and then they don't have to sit through my normal presentation because they've already experienced education from you right so then they can just come and like text touch things and try things out smell and taste and all of that stuff good idea as soon as they taste that hot buttered rum lube yes. that's for oral, they're gonna mm-hmm. breakfast in bed. Oh my days. god! Yes. <laughs> yes. God, I love that lube for real. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> Elevates my game. That's yeah, what I'll say. for sure. <laughs> Add a little flavor. You're gonna want to lick more, right? <laughs> Sometimes, you know, sweaty nuts smell like sweaty vagina. So yeah, right. A, a flavored rum can at least like help me ignore, like, mm, I'll give you a little leeway for a little bit of Fabio, especially <laughs> it's morning time. Yeah. Yeah, as long as you, if you taste good, like, I can ignore that a Exactly. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Although, we shouldn't use those if you're using them on a vagina. Like, really, you should not be using flavored stuff on vaginas if you're doing oral sex for yeah Yeah, we have some that are vagina friendly but even then if you're prone to infections i always recommend staying away from anything flavored Mm -hmm. yeah all of our our products are all sugar free and they're you know we call them quote unquote vagina friendly Mm -hmm. um but yeah if you're super super sensitive don't do it yeah yeah (laughs) i had a friend that did sugar-free syrup on her mm. body for a cam video and then discovered why you should not be putting sugar-free stuff all over your body and she had an allergic reaction to Oh, it. no! So, yeah, she said she looked like she had drip marks. Oh. Yeah, that was in the Cam Girl Next Door episode. 
poor thing. Right, right. <laughs> and then I was thinking, I was like, well, I hope that nobody does that with like the sugar-free lubes that are out there. Yeah. Yeah. Because one thing to ingest Splenda or whatever it is they're using in there, it's another thing to put it all over your skin. So, yeah. yeah be careful with that stuff. Right. It's more for putting on a penis than it is for using on a vulva. So. Right. That's another thing I'm constantly having to, com- you know, correct people on. It's like, ahem. A vagina is internal. A vulva is external. That's why my puppet is called a vulva puppet, yes. not a vagina puppet. Yes. Which <sighs> just harkens back to the idea that we are not educated. No. Which is so interesting to me. People have such shameful reactions to the actual names for genitals, but you don't have a shameful reaction to the word elbow. It's a body part. It's a body part. Why are we calling genitals things that are not anatomically correct? That just completely blows my mind. Yeah. Completely blows my mind. Yeah. I had a date a couple weeks ago, and the guy has a kid, and I was talking about the value of being really upfront with your kids, and you don't call them a ding-dong or a hoo-ha. It is a vagina, vulva, a penis, testicles, mm-hmm. things like that. He's like, well, but how young should I be doing that? I'm like, from the get-go. How young are you teaching your child that this is a nose? Come on. It's the same. It's a body part. Yep. Oh, people. (laughs) Well, that's why we exist. Yes. That's why we have businesses that are thriving is because we are out there providing a fantastic service. Absolutely. Educating the world, helping them one orgasm at a time. Yep. Yes. Yes. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today and talking a lot about sexual health and wellness and education. Oh my gosh. I appreciate the opportunity. This was so fun. Maybe I'll have you back on again soon. You're welcome back anytime. For sure. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can find me on pretty much any social media platform, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. But visit my website if you're wanting more information about my coaching services. You can even sign up for my email newsletter. I've got one that's not so safe for work called The Dirty Bird. A lot more adult content on that one. You can support this podcast through listener support on Anchor FM. Or you can go to patreon.com and become one of my patrons. Just look for Open the Doors KC. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Thanks for listening.